All right. Normally, we do a um, people say their names thing, but that's complicated to organize. So, let's just get started. Okay. I'm here with uh, April and Jenny, the two topic lords for this week. For those of you, uh, since we probably have a bunch of listeners who don't know what Topic Lords is, the format of the show is that I have two different guests on every week. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Jim Stormdancer. <laughs> uh, I have two different guests on every week and they bring topics to discuss and we discuss them and that's really it. So, maybe I didn't really even need to explain that. Do you want to do the, do you want to do the plugs, the intros and the plugs? Uh, sure. All right. All right. April. Would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Sure. My name's April. Um, I am also Jim's wife. So, there's that. I guess I could plug that. All right. Um, plug plug else, being Jim's wife. Nobody but... else gets to do that. <laughs> well, so. That's kind of cruel. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm a park ranger by trade and a mom by other trade. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at April Soar. All right. Like- and Jenny, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Hello. I'm Jenny. The only person on the chat with video. It's just me and my mohawk. My boyfriend wants me to plug his cooking videos on YouTube. All I, right. I think his handle is just C-J-C-E-E space J-A-Y. You guys ready for some topics? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our first topic here is... Oh, where'd they go? No, well, got to bring up Google Sheets. <laughs> there we go. Your first topic, it's April, befriending is Befriending Ravens. Ravens. So, uh, at my work... I don't know, maybe six months ago, uh, a pair of ravens started hanging out, uh, like in our service yard. Yeah. So these ravens just started hanging out, um, you know, eating trash out of the dumpster, fighting over dead skunk carcasses, the usual. And they just kind of, you know, shout from the nearby trees (sighs) at us while we're, you know, building things in the, in the service yard or doing various things, um, outside. And I've just been thinking like, well, these, these birds are obviously not going anywhere and they're obviously super smart. So maybe I could befriend them and start like giving them gifts. <laughs> and cause I know that Ravens are definitely smart enough to like recognize faces and they also recognize like people who are jerks and they can be like rude to them. So I was thinking like, well, maybe I can start giving them shiny things or a little like little tiny handcrafted meals the size of my palm. Oh my God. Like a Raven bento box. Yeah, like a little, <laughs> a little bento box. Nice. But then I was thinking, like, well, what what are the downsides of doing this? Because I'm sure that they would like that they would be receptive to this given enough time. But I don't know that it's actually res- a responsible thing to do. And so Jim and I yeah. did a little bit of research on it. Yeah. Oh. And do you want to tell the story? Oh, I, the- so the the concern is that. Well, first of all, we don't even know if ravens are smart enough to have the concept of friends. Well, you know, I like mean, they, a- most animals aren't, but like they can be habituated to like get food from you or feel safe around you. Cows have friends. Like cows are friends with each other. And I think people would argue that, I think people would argue that dogs have human friends. Oh, absolutely. But the concern is that the ravens would come to associate uh, their their treats with not just you, but with all humans. Right, and there's there's a there's a trail that goes really that's that basically is right behind our service yard at work that you know hikers and bikers and kids are on all the time, and I'm just concerned that like they'll start mobbing these you know random strangers and be like, "Where's my bento box?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So maybe it's not the smartest 
thing to do, but it would be fun. I could just walk yeah. around with like two ravens on my shoulders. Yeah. Like I would right. be like a badass bitch. Well, the, the downside of that is that they're going to poop on your shoulders. I mean, whatever. It's just my work <laughs> shirt. I'll just throw it in it's, the washing machine. Like, excellent point. I've had poop on my shirts at work. Like, this okay, is not but, a thing that hasn't but, happened to me. You don't have to brag, April. <laughs> <laughs> but have you're you had right, poop right. on both of your shoulders all day, every day at work? No, but I also have like seven shirts at work in my locker. I can just... Throw a new one on. Yeah. The, tell the ravens to get off for a second so you can change shirts. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I wouldn't work all day with them on my shoulders because that would probably be painful. And they have, they've got raven business. Yeah, you know? of course. They, they got to go. Yeah. They have to fly around right. and pull twigs out of trees and chase each other with them. Um, they need to like sit in a tree and just like yell at, at each <laughs> other and also at like the other birds that are nearby. They have serious business they got a shit on other things like yeah other than, other than your shoulder in our park they got a quota <laughs> they got they got business so so the the ending of the um the research when we decided this was a bad idea oh right we did just- <laughs> <laughs> the the uh the conclusion of this uh this this deep dive into raven lore um was that the reason you don't be, try to befriend animals is that then they will try to get food for, or be friendly with all humans and some of these humans will be very scared and hurt them yeah apparently someone befriended a turkey vulture like near the, a, the word that the, the the reference i read was habituated yeah uh-huh. um habituated a turkey vulture <laughs> yes and the the vulture like flew down and tried to get some food from a nearby like grocery store and some dude like beat it to death like the, the the dude that the turkey was accosting for food. So, I wouldn't want that to happen. No. Yeah. No, that's obviously not okay. But also turkey vultures are probably not as smart as ravens because right. they're not corvids. Right. And, and I think- Corvids recognize faces. The research, someone needs to be doing this research to know if you can befriend ravens without this danger because that would be so cool. Yeah. But if I were to talk to the biologists at my work, oh, of course they, they would, would tell you don't no. do it. But so I probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> okay, fine. But it would but be fine, so fun. Be- believe scientists. <laughs> so my thing as a ch- former child mythology nerd is that anytime mm-hmm. you got two ravens, that's Odin. I know. And <laughs> I think I think if you befriend Odin's ravens, you get to be Odin. I mean, I could do that. I would be down with that. That's a scary yeah. thought. Well, I don't know probably if I'm ready to be married to Odin. I mean, I've always been more powerful than you. That's true. <laughs> so you're the one who knows how to operate a firearm. <laughs> I know how to operate so many more things than you. <laughs> yeah, but the firearm is the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, but also there's a tractor. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But I could outrun a tractor. <laughs> no, you could not. You absolutely could not. <laughs> well, we'll try it later. Okay. All right. This is aspirational to me now, being able to turn to my relationship partner and just casually say, like, I've always been more powerful than you. And then have have a thousand ways to back it up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, you guys ready for another topic? Sure, yeah. Sure. All right. Jenny, your topic is, what if part of the gover- government apparatus was a PvP mobile game and billionaires willingly sent in tax dollars in exchange for units to pwn everyone else? But the game was balanced, so they only had a tiny edge. So, in case that didn't just explain itself, 
it's, you know how, how billionaires right now, like mega billionaires are when, when they spend large amounts of money, it's like to influence government policy and strip regulations from everything and destroy mm-hmm. the planet. Yeah. Yep. So what if instead we just set up a PVP mobile game, like mm-hmm. a, like a, like a phone game that had some, some fun strategy and, and you, you had some units and you could come in and just absolutely crush your enemies such that people like, and it was uh, government mandated to just be on everybody's cell phone. And then you had options for the whales to send in like billions of dollars and get a tiny edge, like a 5% edge for some of their units on this yeah. mobile game. I think some of them would go for it. Oh, yeah. I th- so, Especially during a pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so bored right now. <laughs> the, I think this would definitely work on Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. But I'm not sure about <laughs> anybody else. I'm sure it would work on... It might work on like Bill Gates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We only needed to work on a few of them. Right. Well, and that's yeah. the trick. Like I've, I've talked to mobile game developers and they talk about like, yeah, we, we flew in some of these whales to get their input on like what our, how our game design should go. Like they really have not only disproportionate advantage in the game, but also disproportionate influence yeah. in the game design. I believe that. I could imagine... Yep targeting like making a video game just for elon musk yeah wow maybe maybe he doesn't even know it's maybe he knows it's happening maybe you ask him like what what kind of game do you want or maybe he you just like do like hire somebody to do a psychological profile do like a hand like hire a handwriting and uh expert yeah <laughs> yeah yeah do some oh, do man. some covert ops to to sneak into google and find out what games he's already playing wow yeah. So I want to play this game, but I don't want to spend any money on it. No. No. And it's okay because it, <laughs> But I want to get... own Elon Musk in this game. <laughs> yeah. You've got to out outspend him. No, no. I can just out strategize him without spending money. <laughs> right. Because they only have a tiny edge. That's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so he's perfect. gonna keep gonna keep giving money. He's gonna keep giving money. He's like, I gotta beat April. April's crushing me. Yeah. Everybody who's worried about the budget is like, well, just go. Stomp on Elon Musk so he gives us more money. Yes. And then we can fund schools. That's how we create change with games in the world. That's right. That's serious games. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> he would probably get beat by like some seven-year-old kid. She's like wearing like a, like a Tinkerbell outfit. Okay. So, now the concern is that he'll get beaten so badly that it stops playing, Ooh, which would be yeah. a disaster. That would be a disaster. Yeah, we're going to need a whole team, like a whole support team just to monitor Elon Musk's uh, mental, like emotions and mental state. Yeah, secret, and feeling secretly install like uh, yeah, we've got to get um, EKG. We've got to get, what's that lady's name that he just had a kid with? Uh, Grimes. Grimes. We've got to get Grimes in on it. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Like, look, listen, it's for the good of humanity. Grimes, like, Grimes probably cares about the good of humanity. I think she did at one point, uh-huh. maybe before yeah. she... I mean, I guess Elon Musk cares maybe a little bit. Okay, let's let's not let's not get into humanizing Elon Musk this episode. (laughs) Imagine if your job was to be on a mobile game losing to Elon Musk occasionally, so he continued to give money to the government. All the regular players are going to continuously beat him, so they just have to hire this one guy. Like his only job (laughs) is is to stroke his ego, is to play with different (laughs) usernames and strategies. Put on a good show, so he thinks it's dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you've got to almost beat him. You just let him eke out the win. I think we should make that game. Yeah. You know, if we do this, we're going to become the billionaires. 
And then we just, you know, spend billions of dollars for an edge. That's right. Oh, also, oh, no. we do this. So like, the money's not going to go to us. It's going to go to the government. Like, that's how it's, that's how it's designed. That's right. We're going to have a, we're going to have a GoFundMe to pay our rent while we <laughs> save the world. <laughs> I, I imagine I'll just keep my job. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll handle the game design. Uh-huh. You handle the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our relationship in a nutshell. Yeah. There you exactly. go. Uh, Jenny, are you the Raven or are you the game designer? Uh, I'm definitely the game designer, except okay. I, yeah. I think in my relationship, I design the games and then there's something happening with plants, possibly like venomous man-eating plants in the backyard. No. They eat men? Only men? <laughs> <laughs> I like these plants. <laughs> no, I actually, I don't, I don't know if we have man-eating murder plants actually it's in okay. the backyard. It's okay, it's not a topic. Yeah. It's, it's not a topic this week, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready for another topic? Yeah, sure. Uh, my topic is clone ethics. Can you consent on behalf of your clone? What about a different person who just happens to have the same name as you? So my answer to this is that you uh, to the first question, you cannot consent on behalf of your clone because you're physically okay. different people, but you can consent on behalf of someone with the same name as you because that's funny. Okay. All right, all right. I like that. I, I mean, I thought they were both funny, but I respect your opinion. So, <laughs> so twins are basically clones. That's true. And you can consent on the half of, behalf of your twin unless you have permission. So, mm. if you have permission from a clone of you to consent on their behalf, then you can. Having the same DNA isn't implicit permission? No, it's not. But how, how do you explain parents? Well, parents are supposed to get <laughs> consent from their children, except in, you know, cases of dangerous things like when Winston climbs up on top of the couch and almost we'll, falls through a glass we'll table. We'll get to that. That's a topic later. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Is that spoilers. part of the badger story? Was Winston climbing up to escape a badger? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's no. also a topic later. <laughs> spoilers. 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 Uh, we need to have like a spoiler klaxon. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> Gotta, just get an air horn and play it right into the mic. Yeah, we should have. we should definitely have like... Uh, noises as if we were like a morning radio show. That's really funny to me. Yeah. But yeah, consent, I think it, it is something that parents should get from their kids mm-hmm. when, when possible. When not in mortal danger. Yeah. yeah. But, which is like most of the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do we know how consent works with conjoined twins? Because that's got to be that's really a, complicated. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's a little bit of a downer, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's the situation where like it's kind of up to the twins to figure that shit out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they've got to, they've, they're the ones who are going to live with those decisions. So they've got to figure it out themselves. And I bet. I bet there's a, there's a dominant personality in every. Oh, yeah. Twin. There's uh, just. And then that's a, that's a bummer. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> See, this is the kind of thing I edit out of the show because. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sorry to bring down the clone ethics topic. Topic, topic Lords is generally not where people go to be depressed. <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to go curl up into a ball in the corner. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. I think we should move on to, the, to another topic. All right. Okay. This is a write in. Larry asks Best ways to meet your own death as part of a puzzle or game? What I came up with was Candyland. A version of Candyland where every time you move your piece, you eat like a significant amount of candy and then eventually that kills you. Oh, so you're inventing this. This oh. isn't like a, this isn't like an existing puzzle. 
I guess I didn't understand the question very well. Well, I, I, I think all three of us have a different... <laughs> I think all three of us have a different interpretation, which is way more fun, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, had, I had taken this as like an existing game, a way you can die in an existing game that would be the best. And I'm thinking of, I think it was Space Quest 2, where um, you get eaten by a carnivorous mushroom that pumps you <laughs> full of psychedelic drugs. Hmm. And then you get dissolved. That's not too bad. I would, yeah. I would be all right with that. I think that's what Chris is growing in the backyard. Feel free to invent a game and say that's the best way to die. So I, I totally read this as like blue sky, you know, we've got no budget. No, this is great. Like if you've, you've got another one of these, go for it. <laughs> so I, di- I, I don't know if I have another one. I did want to mention, have either of you, are you familiar with the anime Fibrain? No. Um, so it's an anime where the premise is that there are a group of evil people who make puzzles, like large-scale physical Sudokus and stuff, uh-huh. where you're like leaping from post to post or whatever, and then there are the the good guys come in and solve the evil guys' puzzles. But there are also like puzzles that were created in the before times that if you solve them, you understand more about God. Or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think uh, one of the one of the best ways to meet your own death as part of a puzzle would be to be in one of these death trap puzzles and get close enough to solving it that you did, like you could see the face of God, but also you died. Okay. So the sort of cosmic mystery that's alluded to in like stories like Lovecraft, that's really mm-hmm. enticing to me and I think to a lot of people, but I kind of came to the conclusion a while ago that actually knowing the answers to these puzzles, to these mysteries, would not be anywhere near as satisfying as just wondering about them is. Because like, it would probably be more like, you know, you found out about uh, ICE's baby jails, except at a cosmic scale. And like, oh, now you know this fucked up thing about the universe. Uh, And that's not actually... It's not a mystery anymore, so it's not cool in that respect. Okay, I'm I'm not the one making this podcast depressing anymore. <laughs> no, it's nope, me. Nope, it's, it's me. Jim okay. now. Cool. <laughs> cool ways to die in video games, huh? Cool yeah. ways to die in games. Yeah. What else um, we got? I don't know. That that game what was the name of it. It's the the one where you build like a, a wooden spaceship and go out into space. No, Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. Um, I died in some rather hilarious fashions in that game, and th- those were always fun. Uh, describe one. I'm pretty sure I got like sucked into the sun, so that was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that is and funny. then I just like at one point just like overshot an asteroid that I was trying to land on, and just like just like spun forever because the <laughs> controls were incredibly hard for me to use. Like I'm no good at like 3D space travel controls my brain just can't really wrap around it mm-hmm. so i just couldn't stop spinning basically and then it just like spun off into space and i'm not sure if i actually died or just like walked away from the game at that point just out of frustration <laughs> right <laughs> like i really liked the con- the concept of the game but moving around in the game was so infuriating that i couldn't i just like couldn't keep playing it because every time something cool would happen, the game would reset because that's kind of the conceit of the game. But I never had any time to do anything because it took me forever to get anywhere or move anywhere. Um, yeah. I Honestly, that was my same reaction. Yeah. Like, I loved that game, but I could not handle, like, the way it, it handled... Um, there, were, there were some parts of the game where 
you know, it requires you to do platforming. And if you miss a jump, you just have to start the start your life over, basically. Yeah. And oh, in that wow. game, a, a life is like twenty minutes. But still, it's, it was it was know. very some some parts of that game were like shockingly punishing. Yeah, my time is valuable, and that game wasn't very respectful of my time. I felt like yeah, but it's great for people who have more time to play games and don't have a child. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, I yeah, you know, twenty years ago, I bet I would have loved it. Yeah, but yeah, you know, rocketing off into space forever, spinning out of control, is a pretty funny way to die, in my opinion. Yeah, you ready for another topic? Sure. Uh, Jenny, your topic is my sister is doing her bathroom sea monster themed. Does anyone have unsolicited recommendations for sea monster bathroom amenities? Uh, I think the answer is no, because you just asked us for them. <laughs> hey, I have one that is solicited, Ooh. but it's unsolicited by her sister, I think. Oh, sure. Right. Okay. That's All what right. I meant. She didn't ask me to bring this onto a... Also, you wrote this topic like six months ago, so I our, really our, our suggestions might be, a little, might be a little late. It might be a little late, but the first thing I thought of, and I immediately wanted this in my life, was a... Uh, was a plunger that's shaped like a tentacle, and then what, the plunger part is just one huge suction cup. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that if is... you're going to have a sea monster themed bathroom, this has to exist. Yeah, if if you can't buy it anywhere, you have to. You have to make it. You have to commission an artist. Yeah, yeah. Probably out of a mouse pad. Wh- what? That's a reference to an earlier topic, Lords, where we talked about using a mouse pad to plunge a toilet. Oh, I didn't hear that topic, Lord. I'm a terrible wife and don't listen to them all. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know how to use a gun. <laughs> and a just tractor. Just to be clear, I don't own a gun. I just want to make that, that clear. <laughs> I, I just used to be in the Coast Guard. And so, Jim is just, every once in a while, fixates on this. <laughs> if you came across a gun like a video game protagonist, you would know how to use it. I would. <laughs> That's true. More importantly, you would also know how to not use it accidentally. Yes. Yes. I would know how to unload it and put the safety on and make sure that there isn't a, <laughs> a bullet in the chamber, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I would just kick it down the hill. Did you ever have to guard the coast from sea monsters? Um, it's classified. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's a badass. Do you have any sea monsters themed? <laughs> I was just thinking like a shower curtain shaped like an octopus. <laughs> okay, sure. Octopuses are not sea monsters. I mean, a big enough one is. That's, that's arguable, but yes. Yeah, like so not only do you have like you have a curtain shaped like an octopus, so you can look at the curtain while you look at an octopus while you take a shower, but also you're making a <laughs> negative space wet version of the octopus, uh, imprint of the octopus on your entire bathroom while you shower. Wow. So it's like getting two octopi for the price of one. Hmm. Three, if you count the octopus that grows shaped out of mold. I keep thinking of like pirate themed things. My my brain keeps going to pirates instead of uh, instead of sea creatures. Did I, you have you any could... suggestions for your sister, Jenny? You know, I didn't. I'm a bad <laughs> sister. That's, that's why you had to ask us. Sure. Yeah. I also failed to plan her bachelorette party eight years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's not too late. <laughs> yeah, you could do a COVID-19 <laughs> Zoom bachelorette eight years <laughs> in the making. That's right. First, you have to get them to divorce. There you go. Oops. She did go ahead and have a bachelorette planned by someone who was not me. Oh, yeah. okay. Well. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. She's not. She hasn't been waiting to get married. That's good. It's good to hear. 
That would suck. I didn't have a bachelorette <laughs> party. I didn't want one. We did a, we did a, um, what is it called? A wedding shower. Oh. My brain just went mukbang. I think it's called. Is that, like is a, that a kind like of a, food? Uh, that's, that's when you eat, when you socially eat on a stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what is it called? Mukbang. That's a weird, that sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> sex in the swamp. Uh, do you know what language that originates with? I don't. I should. Let's I see. Either. Mukbang. All right. We're, we're doing a, a Wikipedia deep dive here on Topic Lords. All right. I'm excited. Korean. Now we know. Yep. What other sea monsters are there besides like the tentacly ones? I, I wanted to make the argument that a pirate could definitely be considered a sea monster. <laughs> it's true. They did some really monstrous things. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those enormous beards are really gross sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do like, uh, you know, I prefer you with a trimmed beard yeah. to, to an enormous <laughs> crustacean filled beard. Yeah. <laughs> At what point is just like a normal person become a monster to the extent that someone would point and go, ah, a monster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that depends on the, the person doing the pointing, really. It, you know, it depends. Well, the, the problem <laughs> is that if you can tell by looking, that's not a monster. That's just a dif- disfigured person. Mm. Oh, oh, that's awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, this is a real bummer of a topic, Lord. <laughs> You keep doing it. Well, <laughs> it's my fault. Every that's why I edit it out every time, so people don't know how horrible I am. Oh, now they do. You're so good at being horrible. Oh, now you know why she married me. That's not why I married. Him. <laughs> why did you marry him? Let's get into this. <laughs> I married him for the money. <laughs> that's a big miscalculation on my part. <laughs> uh, famous the indie developer riches. So, speaking of meeting Jim, when I read his, um, when I read his OkCupid ad, uh, ad, I guess, I guess it's, 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 it's an ad, ad. It's an ad for um, myself. Which is how we met. Um, uh, he said that he, he was the maker of a troll game, and I thought it was a game about <laughs> trolls, and I was excited. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, no. It turns out it was a game about frogs, which is also right. good. But, but one that trolls the player. Right, right, yeah. Right, that was, what, that was my intention. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to bring up the He-Man thing. Uh, it's not, the, it wasn't the He-Man. Oh, shit. Wait, See, was it He-Man? No, it was no, Conan. It was, Con- it was Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, not Conan O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> also what I was about to mistake it for. In fact, we have a poster here that I still haven't hung up. Oh, I got you that for like... Okay, for- so the story here. Okay. okay. On my OkCupid profile, there is a section called Things I Think About or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this is the reason why I ended up messaging him because it made, him, it made me laugh. Right. What I had said was that Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, needed to... Uh, lose muscle to play the part of Conan the Barbarian because he couldn't swing a sword. Just imagine how big your muscles right. have to be in and order my, to not my question was could he could he wipe his own ass? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't think he could. I think he had a bidet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was just successful enough. And I'm just gonna unroll this Conan the Barbarian poster to admire it and not show it to the camera because we don't have the camera on. But he there is, it is admiring it. I am admiring it. And I now I'm you roll- that so long ago. Yeah, I know I'm rolling it up and putting it back on my desk where it belongs. Never to be hung on a wall. And Jim is a piler of things. I am. Just stacks and stacks. Mm-hmm. And, and I unstack things. It's just... Yeah, we're always undoing each other's work. Uh-huh. 
yin and yang. <laughs> I think you owe April a game about trolls. That would uh, be good. We could we could talk. Okay. We, we have so many game ideas. The problem is, is we don't have any any artists that can work for free. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We need a. <laughs> We need to train Winston to be uh, an artist. An exceptionally fast, talented artist who works for free. Yeah. <laughs> Slave labor. No, it's child labor. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Slave labor is illegal. Oh, my God. You know, when he hits the point where he's just producing drawing after drawing after drawing, you could just use those as assets. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Right now, he just likes to say "draw" and then color on our on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> He's cutting out the middleman. That's yep. right. Skipping a step. It's very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for another topic? Yeah, I'm ready for another topic. April, your topic is the Badger story. Okay, Jim added this topic for me. Yeah, this is uh-huh. a story that I enjoy. It is, it's a good story. Um. So I had this is 2007. I had just started working as a park ranger. I was a I was a brand new park ranger. I think I had only been working for like three weeks or maybe four weeks at the time. And I at the time I worked at Del Val Regional Park, um, and that's in Livermore in California. And it's a hugely popular lake that people love to like barbecue at and swim and boat and all that stuff. So the weekends are super packed. And there's just people everywhere and there's no parking anywhere and crazy stuff goes down all the time. And the lifeguards called on the radio and I was working with this, this woman named Paula. She, she's retired now, but she was like this, like very, like, she was just a, a veteran um, in every kind of sense of the word. And she was just kind of grumpy, was kind of set in her ways, but it was also an excellent teacher. And she was really fun to work with because she was always just like grumpy about everything, but also sort of like good natured too. And she was, you know, training me because I was still pretty much brand new. And the lifeguards called on the radio saying that there was a badger bothering people on the beach. And immediately I made a joke about a badger badgering. (laughs) And, and, you know, Paula laughed and, and oh, good. But we got back on the radio and we were like, like, like a badger, like for real, because badgers are there's badgers around in in California, but they're super reclusive and they're also like nocturnal. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and they're like, yeah, there's a badger like on the beach, and we don't know what to do about it. Can you guys come down and help us out? And we're just like, I, don't, I guess. What are we supposed to do with a badger? <laughs> And so we went up to the to our courtyard and we got like the dog catching stick because we were like, well, I guess we're going to have to do something about this badger. (laughs) By the time we got down there, the lifeguards were like, oh, yeah, it went into the women's restroom. um, And it's in the changing the changing rooms. um, And we we got everybody out of the restroom, but it's like still in there. Can you like get it out? We were just like, oh, I guess so. And so... You know, in retrospect, like, this is probably a pretty bad idea. Like, we probably should have just, like, closed off the restroom and called animal control. But animal control is super finicky. They're always like, well, is it, like, fully contained? Because we're not going to send out an an officer unless it's, like, fully contained. And we're like, well, fully containing a a wild animal is kind of dangerous for people who aren't used to working with wild animals. Isn't that why we have animal control? Yeah, you would think so. But uh, there's, like, one person (laughs) working for, like, an entire county, basically. So, 
So they would have, like they don't want to be like running around for a thing. They, they that they might show up and there's like there's no animal basically. Yeah. When they could be like going and you know catching a dog or like you know grabbing a dog that somebody caught or whatever. Yeah. With a stick apparently. So we just decided to just Paula was just like all right we're gonna deal with it and so I just rolled with it because that's what Paula said and she was the person who was training me right you know so we go in there and sure enough there's this humongous badger and let me tell you this thing about badgers their their claws are so long they they like they're like wolverine claws basically like well, I mean badgers are related to wolverines but they're like two two and a half inches long and they just they're just there on the end of their paws all the time. Like they don't retract like a cat. So they're just there. <laughs> and this badger is hiding like underneath the bench in the changing room of, you know, this like giant uh, outdoor bathroom. Ready to ambush. It, it, I mean, it's scared, right? Like yeah. it, it, my guess is that this badger had gone down to the lake to get a drink of water because it was like 95 degrees. And he's like, the badger's looking around like, why are there millions of people around here? What is going on? Normally, I'm down here during the nighttime and there's nobody around. I'm going to find an enclosed space. Yeah. And so, it ran away and was like, oh, it's kind of dark under here. I'll just hide here and try to get a drink later. And then Paula and I show up. (laughs) (laughs) So, we stuck that that dog catching stick around its neck and then it started to slip away. So, I had to tighten it down a little bit and I'm holding on to a badger on the end of a stick. Oh, my gosh. And it's not happy. It is an unhappy badger. And I'm trying not to to like strangle it, but I'm also trying not to like let it go free because it will get loose and potentially disembowel me. I just want to mention this point might have been the very height of your power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. <laughs> so then Paula, I was like, all right, Paula, what the hell do we, what do we do with it now? We've got a badger on the end of a stick. Like, what, now what? <laughs> and she's like, hang on, hang on. I got this. And she goes into the chase. And the chase is like the name of a closet. Like for some reason in the park district, we call closets chases. I don't know. It's maybe it's like a, I don't, I don't know if this is like a cultural thing within the park district or if this is actual like name for closets and bathrooms, but whatever. Someone named Chase was sad that they had nothing named after them. <laughs> and they looked around and the first thing they saw was a closet. Yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, I'm going to call it a chase. That's, That's a me. chase now. Yep. Um, so she goes in there and she gets a big box of toilet paper, dumps the rolls of toilet paper out. And she's like, all right, put it in the box. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, a cardboard. I'm like, it's a cardboard box. Do you see the claws on this thing? And she's like, well, you got a better idea? I'm like, nope, don't got a better <laughs> idea. Uh- I mean, the fact that you didn't have a better idea doesn't make that idea good. No, no, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes you think about these things afterward and you're like, this was probably a bad idea. (laughs) And so I lift the badger into the box with the stick and Paula carries the box while I hold the stick so that the badger can't get out of the box. We put it in the back of the truck. And then we realize, oh, someone has to ride in the back of the truck with this thing. Okay. Oh, so I sit in the back of the truck on the little hump of the wheel well thing with this box in between my legs, <laughs> holding the stick like vertically <laughs> down, like keeping pressure on the badger so that it can't move. <laughs> and oh we drive away and drive like into the mountains <laughs> up this like dirt road, bumping along, dust flying everywhere. And we drive until we get to the spot where we know there's like this small pond. And then we released the badger 
into the wild and it just kind of shuffled off and went to the pond and drank some water and then disappeared into the hills. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of me for not dying. Yeah, I thought you were going to die like eight times. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've had a lot of wildlife encounters in the, in the park district. That's the most the up close and personal one. Um, you peaked early. I did, you know, um, but I've, I've caught, you know, like I've definitely uh, retrieved a potentially rabid uh, raccoon out of a tree. Um, I did that once. And how, how far were you into your career at that point? That was like two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what changed? Like, well, actually, my, I guess my question is, how would you deal with that badger now? So, overall, I don't think it's like the worst to tactic to use the the dog catching stick. It's long enough that you're that it can't hurt you as long as it doesn't slip free. I think what the the biggest difference is, I wouldn't have used the cardboard box. Yeah. I think I would have like used a just I would have emptied out one of those like really thick rubber um, garbage cans that we use in the restrooms and put it in the garbage can. So that's a big difference. It's where you belong, Badger. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the <laughs> sides are thick enough that there's no way it's going to be able to hurt me through it. Yeah. And I mean, I had a, I had safety thoughts in my head. I was like, well, if this Badger really flips out, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bail over the side of this truck. Like she's going like five miles per hour up the side of this. Okay. Yeah. You know, up the, up this up this trail. Like that, I can jump out of I've jumped jumped out of trucks. You know, going that fast before. Like I might fall on my ass, but I'm gonna be fine. I'm not gonna get eaten by a badger. So. Yeah. And you know, people do all sorts of crazy things when when they're park rangers um, in general. And I mean, any people do all sorts of things in general. But like, <laughs> we have to remove like rattlesnakes out of you know picnic areas and campsites and stuff. And I was talking to someone who worked at a different park, and they were like, "So, what do you guys do with rattlesnakes?" And I was like, "Oh, well, we have this like little rubber you know trash can with a lid, and we have a snake catching stick, and we use the snake catching stick to put it in the trash can, and then we." You know, we transport them somewhere else and let them go. So we're not allowed to hurt, you know, anything, obviously. Um, not that I would want to. But, and they were like, oh, we just always put it in a trash can liner. And I'm like, like a trash can liner? That's nothing. It's just a plastic bag. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sometimes it like strikes the plastic and you can see like the venom like dripping down the, pl the clear plastic. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, never would I ever, you know. And so everyone has their threshold of like what is an acceptable risk that they're willing to take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, what we do at our park is we just open our mouth real wide and then you lunge at it and it goes in your mouth and you're able to like restrain it inside your esophagus until you can release it down the road. Exactly. The danger there is that it's going to make its way through your gastric system and escape through your butt mm -hmm. when you're not ready. Mm -hmm. And then you have a hole in your pants. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> I like the implication that there would be a point where you were ready for a rattlesnake to escape from your anus. <laughs> well, you know, you just got to prepare yourself for these things. <laughs> it's like ripping out a Band-Aid. Ripping it's out a, a Band-Aid. The Boy Scout motto is to be prepared. Mm-hmm. That's the Girl Scout motto. You stole that from us. Is it? I didn't know that. I mean, technically, it's the Coast Guard's motto. Wow. Semper Paratus. Wow. Always ready. And you said it in Latin, so I think you win because Latin <laughs> is older. It's way older. <laughs> what do I win? So, 
how does a snake catching stick differ from a dog catching stick? So, um, a snake stick is just really, it looks, you know, like what trash pickers kind of look like. They, they have like a, like a pistol grip kind of handle and a little pincher at the end. And a pincher at the end. Well, the pincher at the end, instead of just being like two little suction cups or whatever, it's just a really like long, um, it's probably like maybe four inches long um, and it's like a wedge. And so when it closes, it just kind of flattens over the, the, you usually do it like right behind the, the, the head of a rattlesnake. You don't want to do it in the middle of the body cause it can, it'll get mad and it might strike at you. So you want to do it close to the head. Um, and so you, you just use, you just apply pressure and you can just safely like pick them up and put them into something without them being able to like, they can, their body thrashes around, but they can't move their head anywhere near you, your body, which is the goal, right? Right. Because they can strike the full distance of their body. So you need to have a nice long stick. It's like four, maybe four and a half feet long. No, I don't think rattlesnakes get that long. I'm pretty sure. I've never seen one that long anyways. Me either. Yeah, that's that's the the basic idea with a snake catching stick. They're really easy to use and they feel really safe compared to any other way of moving a snake. I've seen people use like shovels and stuff before and it's just it's just a bad idea. I'd want to use a steam shovel. A steam shovel. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a good way to kill one. <laughs> yeah. You just got to practice beforehand, make sure you don't slice it in half. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Or you only try to move those snakes this isn't any snake, is Snakes it? Snakes that existed during the time of steam. So, I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of like the worms <laughs> that when you cut them in half, they just become two worms. That doesn't happen to snakes. Yeah. No. Well, maybe it should. <laughs> well, that would be terrifying. Go back and evolve more, snakes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you in 2,000 years. It's a remedial class for you. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, sorry, I gotta come back and move this snake after it's evolved. The ability to survive (laughs) being sliced in half. Are you ready for another topic? Yeah. Sure. So, my topic. Oh, this is a downer again. All right. Oh, no. We can can do this, guys. How do we survive from when we learn to climb on the furniture to when we get scared of climbing on the furniture? (laughs) The short answer is just parents. Yeah. Okay. So, the the reason I bring this up is that Winston loves... He's he's now 21 months old, I think. And he is starting to climb stuff. He loves... Getting places. He says, climb. Yeah. And he, you know, he, in fact, he's learned that you can chain climb. Mm-hmm. You can climb onto the chair at the dinner table, then climb onto the dinner table. Oh, yeah. This happened to me, by the way, uh, last week while I was making breakfast. I was literally making scrambled eggs, had my back turned to him. He climbed onto the chair, climbed onto the kitchen table, and threw a glass onto the floor. <gasps> and it shattered everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I was barefoot and I had to go like grab him. Oh, and I got no. glass like stuck in my my feet. Ah, wow. Uh, I was asleep. Little, yeah. And Jim's just snoring <laughs> away upstairs. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, what do I do with this kid? Well, I try to clean this up. And he was like, mess. <laughs> like, That's yes, when you get the mess. baby catching stick. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so what I did was I threw him in front of the TV, and that it, that works wonders. I'm so glad he learned to watch TV because for a while he wouldn't. <laughs> that makes us sound like horrible parents, but like sometimes it's the only way I get anything done. 
during the day. I'm like, all right, you get 45 minutes of TV. I am going to do the millions of dishes that happen to be on our kitchen counter right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that the big answer is just parents, right? Like you, we have become really good as a species of taking care of our young. And the ones that were really bad, all of their young died. Yeah. Their, so their young you're saying fell off of cliffs. I'm a natural and shouldn't have to worry about no. it. No. <laughs> it's not quite what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying that we have to be vigilant. Okay. No looking at your phone. All right. You have to be involved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've been relying on like baby gates. Also, we have a... It's basically a crib. It's not called a crib, but it's basically a it's crib. It's a pack and play. It's a portable crib. We let him sleep on his own in his room and he still can't quite get out of the crib, but he's getting close and it's... Nothing in the room is going to fall on him. We've baby-proofed it to that extent. Like the the bookshelf is not going to fall on him, but he could he can now climb that bookshelf if he wanted to. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> yep. So we're like, do we remove the bookshelf from his room? Right. And just give him a bare cell of a bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With only stuffed animals on the floor. Right. <laughs> It's hard as as far as I understand it, and I don't know a ton about this. There's like important developmental stuff that happens when, like, as a child, you put yourself in various levels of danger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. And so we, you know, he, he falls down plenty. He climbs plenty. Yes, so we're we're letting him do these things, you know. But mm -hmm. just, yeah, like to some extent, like falling is just part of part of learning how your body works. To every extent, I would say. Well, this, <laughs> to past a certain extent, falling is how you die. Well, sure. Yes. I guess as you fall to your death, you're like, this is not how the body works. <laughs> this is how the body stops working. I had some incorrect ideas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, vigilance, vigilance is how we do it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And also, we rely on the fact that they mostly bounce. Yes, that is that's actually, true. that's huge. The fact that he only weighs 30 pounds <laughs> and not 300 like his dad. Yeah. Is, uh, that's, uh, that's one-tenth of the force that he hits the ground with. That's huge. <laughs> it is. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, yeah. We're looking at him right now. Uh, so far, Aww. he hasn't woken up, but if he wakes up in the last, I guess it's still right in the last six minutes of the show... Okay. Uh, if he wakes up and April has to leave, Nick promised to come on. Awesome. So that's okay. good. <laughs> you still, if fingers crossed, you guys still might get five minutes of Nick. I don't even know who Nick is. Uh, he's in the chat as Nick Pancakes. Oh, hi, Nick Pancakes. He's organizing the 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 Baron Munchausen improv tabletop thing, which oh. looks cool that we're not doing, but it does look cool. Also, that I'm guy's doing face it. Looks diseased. Well. I think back then that that face color meant you were drunk mm. or a Perhaps drunk. He just has rosacea. I have that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're out of topics. Are we now? Uh, we can we're go dip into topics. the extended bucket. April, yeah. April, do you want to talk about the white spotted clear wing? Oh, give, you got to give me a second. But yes. All right. Um, <laughs> I will talk about that. All my all my topics are about animals. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. She knows how to use a gun. Oh man, I feel like I should be Erica. Yeah, I mean, Erica would know a whole lot more about all of these animals that I'm talking about. I am absolutely an amateur when it comes to this stuff. It's okay. She's she's going to heckle you from inside the Topic Lords Discord. I'm sure she will. It's <laughs> she fine. will. Does she even talk in the Discord? <laughs> she does. I, 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 didn't, I forget to check it. I didn't realize it was her, but at some point, at some point, she 
said something that made me realize, oh, that's Erica. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, I don't want to talk about this, actually. There's too many big words. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll read it. I'll I'll embarrass embarrass myself. All right. So this is a this is a butterfly that has clear wings, um, and I'm pretty sure it resides in the in the mountains of Borneo. So we're reading an Instagram post description here that we will put in the show notes, which doesn't help you right now, but will when you go on Monday to read the check the show notes. The glass like quality of a white spotted clear wing becomes revealed against the dappled light of the forest understory. Although a great variety of marine organisms utilize transparency as a functional means of underwater invisibility, this type of optical camouflage is rare among terrestrial species for several reasons. Animals not living in water must protect their internal organs from damaging UV light and also possess rigid structural support for their bodies because they live in a non-buoyant medium. Both of these are accomplished by the pigments and and opaque structures. In addition, the refractive index between living tissues and air means that reflections of light are a potential problem. Clear-winged butterflies overcome this last hindrance by having the transparent portions of their wings covered with randomly sized microscopic nanopillars. This results wow. in their wings being remarkably unreflective from nearly all angles. And that was what, that last part yeah. was what sold me on wanting to include this. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually wow. not sure this is a great topic of discussion, but that's okay because <laughs> we have three minutes. I just and and then, and then there's a little bit at the end that says researchers studying this propose that these butterfly wings could be applied as a model to increase the efficiency of solar cells and in the manufacture of other non-reflective surfaces. So I think that's really interesting, and I, I I'm always I'm really fascinated by the idea of science and technology mirroring its uh, advancements based off of just. Basically, random evolutions, you know. And the uh, butterfly doesn't get a cut. No, the, the butterfly the- doesn't get a cut at all. But just the the concept of like creating uh, solar panels that don't reflect the sun so much, and also don't necessarily like heat up their environment around them as much as they do, is really pretty amazing to me. And the idea that like they could they should definitely shape them like this butterfly. I feel like if they start doing that, yeah. That's a oh, good yeah. idea. All right. You folks ready to call it? Yeah. Sure. Now, Jenny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, let's see. You can email me. I'm J-E-N-N-I at J-E-N-N-I-P-O-L-O-D-N-A dot com. All right. And April, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at April Soar, A-P-R-I-L-S-A-U-R. That's basically... Yeah, that's it. I don't usually do this because... People who subscribe to the podcast usually subscribe because they already know who I am because I'm the only regular. Uh, but I am Mogwai Poet on Twitter, M-O-G-W-A-I underscore P-O-E-T. And uh, you can find my games at tweenbeard.com and Topic Lords at topiclords.com. Well, All thanks right. for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks <laughs> for having me. I'll always have you <laughs> on, April. Aww. All right. Um, it's good to right. talk to you, Jenny. Yeah. How do we, how do we close this thing out? Do we just stop talking? Do we just leave? Yeah. (laughs) Topic Beast out. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. 
Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!